born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change, my tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم A beautiful warm welcome to each and every one of you Respected listener of Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM I'm your host this afternoon on your favorite show On your favorite journey born to serve I am Muhammad Sheikh And inshallah we hope to be enlightening you Inspiring you this afternoon By highlighting leaders uh, uh, personalities of our community that are making a difference, that have made a difference for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I hope inshallah you've had a wonderful, eventful week in the obedience of our Creator and a fulfilling week, subhanallah. I recall myself, uh, you know, Tasting the last bits of pomegranates, yes, a great sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Enjoying from the, the the fruits of season and thanking Allah subhanahu wa taala. Uh, you know, enjoying these pomegranates and thanking Him jalla wa'ala for all the innumerable favors that He bestows on us. Respected listeners, we are indeed fortunate this afternoon, subhanallah, because we have a leader with us in studio. Allahu akbar. You know, it's I feel. Very, very excited when, uh, you know, we have um, the opportunity to interact with people live and, you know, to benefit from their discourses. So if you had to take a lucky guess, we have this afternoon none other than our Honorable Sheikh Muhammad Murad, who is the Imam of Zinatul Islam Masjid. Now, remember, listeners, you can um, either call us in studio or message us as the program goes along uh, on 47913. So to our Honorable Sheikh Muhammad, we welcome you. Ahlan wa sahlan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi to all the listeners. And a very good afternoon as well. Jazakallah khayt to yourself for availing yourself this afternoon, coming all the way in studio, subhanallah, and bringing this warmth and this kindness to all of us. It's only my pleasure. Alhamdulillah. Now, respected Sheikh, inshallah, we're going to begin dissecting straight into your personality. Lots of people appreciate the wonderful benefits, the commitments that, you know, our shuyukh, our ulama render for the community. But many of them don't actually know, understand, you know, the various efforts that go behind the scenes. So perhaps, inshallah, uh, you know, just briefly, could you walk us through your journey growing up? In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. All praise, thanks, and gratitude is due to Allah, Lord of the universe, our mercy, salutation, compassion, and love on our beloved Prophet, the illustrious Muhammad. Yes, it is, uh, it is indeed a journey, mm. and a long and a lengthy journey. Wow, subhanAllah. Um, Born on the 11th of the 11th, 1954, in this small little town called Paul. Okay. And um, that is where I originate from. Hmm, a set of parents, Imam Ahmed Naim and my mother, Allah Rahma, Rahmatan Wasa'a. Ameen, Ya Rabbi. Asma, um, better known as Esmi. So, um, yeah, that is where I was born, the time I was born. And then uh, I left Paul at a very young age. Naam. But before I left Paul, I must say I grew up in a house that, that was really dedicated to the religion of Islam, to teaching Islam. My grandfather was also the Imam of the Bridal Street Mosque, so was my father. Um, I grew up in a madrasa atmosphere um, for that reason, with the grace of the Almighty and whatever I'm saying here today, nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing could have happened unless it was through the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah At the Allah. age of six years, I was able to read the entire Quran, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. And, um, after that, I left, uh, I left Paul and uh, I went to the late Sheikh Muhammad Saleh Abadi, where I did my hifz, rahimahullah, rahmatan wasi'ah, and um, where I did my hifz under him. At the age of 11, I completed the Quran, 
at the time being the youngest Hafiz in South Africa. Subhanallah. After me came the great Sheikh Sa'adullah Khan and he was 10 years old also Allah under Allah Sheikh Muhammad Saleh Habadi. Um, schooling, I did a few years of schooling in Poland and from there I came, I came to town and um, I did schooling at Douglas Road Primary School. Being a person who could uh, articulate the Quran and read the Quran, I was asked to assist in, 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 in helping the children. And no. strangely enough, I, I went through my filing the other day, something that my late mother, rahimahullah ta'ala, she left behind for me. No. And, and, and I found this letter dated 1968, thanking me, thanking me for helping the Arabic students at the, at the school, at Douglas Road Primary School. Allah and then I, I found another letter from the, from the principal of, of Douglas Road Primary School wishing me well, because um, after that I left for Mecca when I was, when I was 12 years old. Subhanallah. And, and I, I can't say that I left for Mecca. I must say this, that my father, mother, and my sister, we no. all went away. My father sacrificed. No. And, and I think this is a very, very important issue no. that our communities must realize and they must know and understand mm. the sacrifice that goes in no. from the family side. Yes. My father selling up everything, his house, his car, everything. No. For what? For my education. Allah taking Akbar. me where he feels he's not going to send me on my own. Mm. He's going to take me with my mother so that they can be there to see to my needs so that I can do the studying. Taking me to Makkah al-Mukarramah, mm. where I then studied um, under many mashayikh. I was in the madrasa, madrasa al-Sawlatiyya, which is not... Um, People might say, yes, you studied at Umar Quran University or you studied at Medina University. No, mm. no. I studied at a religious, a theological school that was based, um, Sunni-based school, the Madrasat al-Sawlatiyya, that was established by a lady called Lady Sawlat from, from India. Okay, and okay. alhamdulillah, um, I think Sheikh Muhammad Amin Faqir no. has also studied there. Allah and uh, we have Sheikh Abu Bakr Muhammad uh, who passed on from Utenek. He was also at that particular school. So um, the school has become known for its theology, for its religion and its sunnah. No. We did not get involved in the, um, the, the government syllabus. Mm. So therefore we were strictly a Sunni school from, from there on. Subhanallah. We stayed there, alhamdulillah. My sister was in school there. Um, at this point in time, my sister, and uh, my father was there just to conduct the affairs and to see that I study, that I learn, and I keep my hips running. Allah you know, Allah. And, and that was the most important factor to, 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 to my father. Mm. My mother was there to see to our needs, the food and everything. Unlike other students who go on to a boarding school or go to college, they have to see to themselves. Yes. And alhamdulillah, I was privileged Allah and honored to have them. Naam. And therefore, I, I basically owe them my life for, for what they have done and what they have given to me. And what they have given to me, mm. it was not basically for me. You come to realize that at this stage in your life, yes. that it wasn't for you. Mm. It was more for the community, Allah more Allah. for the other people. Naam. You know, we had the opportunity. We were yes. offered to, to remain in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Allah My Allah. father's response to that was no, mm. you're going home. And that is where you belong. Subhanallah. You know, I just asked my father a question on, on, on Friday. Yes. And I said to him, you know, how long have you been Imam at the Masjid in Paul? And how long was my grandfather there? And my grandfather was there for 10 years. My father was there for, for quite, quite a number of years as mm. well. Up till today, my father started teaching the Quran from the age of... 18. Ya Rabbi, he is now 87, 88 years old. Allah He's Akbar. been teaching for how long? Ya Rabbi. 70 years is his involvement in teaching the Quran, giving children the basics of the Islam, whether it is just the Quran, whether it is their copies, whether it is just understanding their religion mm. for that long. And he still does it. Allah. If people still come to him on a Saturday, whether they would come to him and want to learn from him, yes. whether it is people of 60 years old, children of 15 or 20 years old, but they still come to him. Subhanallah. When the doctor said to me, you must tell your father, you must stop teaching because of his heart condition. I said to the doctor, I can't because that is going to kill the man. That's his life. <laughs> Subhanallah. This attachment him, to Quran that is. Yes. Allahu Akbar. Ask him rather to, to, to tone down. Yes, yes, we can do that. Mm. But we can't, we can't take that away from him. Allah. So we, absolutely. You know, we can't take away those values which they attach to Quran. No. Sheikh, inshallah, perhaps maybe we just hold that thought, inshallah. We go for a quick ad break. We'll continue straight when we come back. Shukran. Stay tuned, listeners. Shukran. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. 
Welcome back, respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. And subhanAllah, in enjoying the company this afternoon on our journey, Born to Serve, we have the privilege of honoring or rather of um, taking benefit of one of the most noteworthy imams in our community, none other than Sheikh Muhammad Murad. Previously, before the break, Sheikh was enlightening us with his journey, uh, his attachment to Quran from a very young age. SubhanAllah, the inspiration being his beloved father, who up to this day, respected listeners, up to this day, has shown the strong love and commitment to the Quran. SubhanAllah, Sheikh, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say nothing more than I'm inspired. Uh, you know, how, how, did, how did this whole attachment come about? I think this is very important that... Um you know, the, the the attachment comes from being in the environment Naam. at that particular time in a madrasa, mm. yes. and um, and just uh, attaching yourself and wanting to become a hafiz of the Quran and Naam. and and I remember the very first uh, interview that I had when I when I arrived in Mecca. Is you know, yes, this uh, strange uh, South African boy coming here hafiz of Quran. He reads the Quran fluently. He reads Arabic, but he doesn't understand the language. Yes, and and that was was so strange to those Arabic-speaking people. Naam. And the question that they asked me, uh, in in terms, there was a newspaper um, article with regards to that in Mecca. Yes, uh, where they asked me about what am I doing there? Why did I choose Mecca? My answer to them was very simple. I mean, at, at that young age, I said to them, I, I, I've learned, I mean, I've studied the Quran, I've learned to recite the Quran. Naam. I am here now to learn to understand the Quran. Allahu Akbar. And that, was, that is the key factor why we went away is for me to further my Islamic knowledge, to okay. understand the Quran, Naam. and then and take it further from there. I, I was fortunate enough, alhamdulillah, to come back from school in the afternoon, have my meals, have do whatever I have to do in homework, go back after Asr and learn by Sayyid Halwi Maliki, rahimahullah. Allah, from there to say Muhammad al-Maliki Naam. then in the evenings after Maghrib in the Haram again it, it was all about studying studying and more studying learning and more learning Allah and, and Allah. I am I don't regard myself and I must emphasize it Naam. not as an alim I regard myself as a scholar because Naam. I still learn every day Allah and, and I think that is the key mm. if a person wants to improve yourself and to pass yes. on to the community is to learn all the time not to stagnate and not to think of himself as I am the alim and I belong to the ulama fraternity yes. and, and everything is gone down Allahu because Allah. that is where you start stagnating and I think it's important Naam. that at that particular time it was just learning and learning and more learning mm. and when we came back um, to Cape Town yes. uh, we first came back in 1974 we went back for another two years and came back again after that um, then the real challenge starts. Yes. The challenge starts is you have now learned. Now, what are you prepared to pass on? Are you prepared to further your knowledge? You, mm. you increase it? Or no. are you just going to say, no, I have studied Alhamdulillah for 10 years and I know everything. Nobody knows everything. SubhanAllah. Nobody knows everything. Mm. So you come back and you start sharing the little bit and you start gaining experience and how to share it with no. other people. Allah you start with the pulpits on Friday. You are, you, you're giving lectures from yes. one, one Jumaa to another, one mosque to another, mm. etc. until you you, you, you settle in. But what was very important for Naam. us is when we came back, mm. you know, bearing in mind that I have mentioned the fact that my father sold up everything before yes. we left. We then stayed with my uncle in Weinberg. We then came back here. Uh, we stayed in Woodstock. We, we, we alhamdulillah, purchased a house with my dad. Mm. And I managed to get a job as a salesperson. I want you to remember this. Yes. This is very important. Mm. People might say, yes, but you've just qualified. You've come back. No, no. The qualification means nothing. Now I need to now sustain myself. And there's a family here that we need to look at. Yes. I started working. I got a job as a salesperson. Okay. Salesperson. And, and strangely enough, I still found some certificates of Australian tra sales training courses that I did when I was doing the sales training. Subhanallah. But that did not stop me from teaching children. It did not stop me from passing the knowledge whether it was in the evening or whether it was in the weekend. I still used to help people along where my knowledge was Naam. concerned and that I've gained over the years. Mm. Being a salesperson, I can tell you one thing, one thing that helped me a lot. Yes. And that is people skills. Okay. To be a salesperson, you need to have people skill. Naam. You need to be able to communicate with high and lows. You have to, on every level, Naam. you must be able to communicate with people. You must be able to go into the poorest of poor houses. You must be able to go into it to the riches of rich houses to be able to conduct yourself. Right. But also, as a salesperson, I was trying to sell commodities, whatever it was, hmm. and they teach you. You sell your features, advantages, and benefits. 
Right. Whatever feature that item can be and the benefits it can be to the client. No. If you apply that, even within your religious sphere, no. you will find that you have to tell the person when you're teaching the deen, no. the religion to people, yes. what is the features of this, of this act? What is the benefit for you? No. What is the advantages for you in this dunya? And mm. what benefit it will have for you in the akhirah? You apply the same principle. Mm-hmm. You've learned how to operate, you deal to deal with people. Yes. You learn how to have patience with people. You learn how to how to pass on the religion, and you take that same principle and you pass the deen on in that particular Allah way. Akbar. And this is something that I have learned even through that few years mm. while being a salesman. Then I went to to another furniture company and I was there. But in the same time. I was also doing imamat work. I didn't stop reading tarawih. I didn't stop lecturing Fridays. I, I didn't stop that activity. Ah, and and one day, mm. just one day, I, I, um, I think I went to Makkah. I went, I went for Umrah and I was sitting, sitting in the haram. And Naam. I said to myself, you know, you studied for so long uh, yeah, in Makkah. Your, your parents sacrificed so much. Naam. I think when you go back, just give up the salesman work and, and see where... How the community going to accept you in right. terms of full time doing this type of work? No. I made my knee and I came back and I started doing that work. I was involved in the independent madrasa. I was involved in the Muslim Butchers Association. No. I, be, I became involved in the Islamic Council of South Africa. The late Sheikh Najjar played a very instrumental role. Allah mm. Allah 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 Allah. Played a, a very instrumental role in, in, in guiding me in certain ways. No. In terms, I was assisting him whenever he traveled. I used to go there, lecture there, help there. Strangely enough, um, the, the position opened at Tennyson Street Mosque, no. and, and I started working there as an imam. And um, that there was a lot of challenges at that particular time right. in Salt River. I was there for almost eight years, and then the doors opened at the Zinat al-Islam Mosque, where the late Sheikh Najjar passed on. Allah the uh, applications opened. I put in my application, and Alhamdulillah, I got. All the testimonials from, from the greatest scholars of Cape Town, like the great alims, like Imam Abdurrahman, Basir, Sheikh Shakir, Khamildin, all of them, Majlisa Shura, they all gave me testimonials to, for me to be able to get the job there. And, and, and I didn't even know that, that all these documentation no. was still amongst my mother's uh, files. And when my, my late mother passed away a few years ago, I, I got all these papers. And just last week, I went through it and I found all these documentation. And I said, look what my mother kept, you know, all these references that was given for me um, at the time when I got the job. And nobody said anything to me. And I just found it all lying there in a file. And I, I, I basically kept it and just... But uh, being an imam at, at, at Salt River, I think that is uh, where it really started. I was in Mitchell's Plain for a while. No. I was in Mitchell's Plain for a while. I helped out Mitchell's Plain Islamic Society. I was there when the first masjid was there and the second masjid was there. Subhanallah. How many masjids is there in Mitchell's Plain now? Sure. I don't know, probably <laughs> over 100 or so, <laughs> so Alhamdulillah, I was involved there as well. But since then, I moved. the late uh, Sheikh Najjar said to me, you can come and assist, at, but I want you to come out of Mitchell's Plain. It's a bit far for you. Come right. closer. So I came closer and I, I, I I bought a house in Woodstock and I Masha stayed Allah. here. And Alhamdulillah, ever since then, I've been around in this particular area. MashaAllah. In Woodstock, Salt River, <laughs> subhanAllah. Many uh, tour actually of the Western Cape and beyond. Respected listeners, we have with us Sheikh Muhammad Murad, who needs no introduction, subhanAllah. We will go, inshallah for a quick ad break and we'll continue when we come back. Stay tuned. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Welcome back, respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM, with your host this afternoon, Muhammad Sheikh. Just a quick update, inshallah, the janazah of Imran Sali, as mentioned previously, will take place at 6.30. And furthermore, we have a janazah also taking place at 6.30, the janazah of Buddha Dini Muhammad of number 129, Bishop Lavis Drive, Bishop Lavis, taking place at the Masjid Al-Izza, thereafter proceeding to the Johnston Road Maqbara. Ramiz can be contacted on 079-458-8301. Subhanallah, respected listeners, back to your journey, my journey, born to serve. We have just a dedication coming for our Honorable Sheikh Muhammad Murad, coming from 6945 
Assalamu alaikum Sheikh You make us very proud You were our Imam At Tennyson Road Masjid For many years MashaAllah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Always protect you And may may you serve him And society For many more years InshaAllah That coming from 6945 Jazakallah khair listeners Remember you can send in Your dedication To our honorable guest As well as to the show On 47913 SubhanAllah So touring the Western Cape um, You know In Contributing to so many different societies, Allahu Akbar, part of your life journey, subhanAllah. Well, that, that is not an easy task, I must tell you that. Mm. Um, you know, uh, to, to be part of so many organizations. Yes. You know, sometimes you get offered a position and people just say, okay, fine, I can take the position because I'm getting a certain title. No. We want you to be chairman, we want you to be secretary. We want but if you cannot do justice to the position, then don't no. take it. Subhanallah. That is my philosophy in life. Right. If you know you're going to do justice and you'll be able to do to do the work no. and actually fulfill the title that you are given, yes. then by all means do it. Subhanallah. And do it 100%. Don't do it half-heartedly. Mm. So if you can't take it, then don't. When when I was approached to say that uh, there is a vacancy in Tennyson Street, Muhammadiyah Masjid, um, I went to the late Sheikh Najjar because he always felt he was grooming me to take over his position at the Zainal Islam Masjid. No. And he said to me, uh, my boy, he always, my boy, take the position. No. You know, take it because you need a platform for yourself. Right. So I, I, I went ahead and I took it. Mm. And at that particular time, and I'm, I'm going I'm to specifically mention this, and I have mm. a reason for that. Yes. And that is, at the time, uh, 750 rand per month. So now I'm looking at myself and saying to myself, okay, you come from a background, a sales background, you've worked hard, you used to earn X amount of money, you have a family that you have to put through school, etc. Um, 750 rand, say Alhamdulillah, I'm going to take it, let Allah put barakah in the money, and we started working. Alhamdulillah. On that particular basis, but you see, the, the problem that we are faced with where where that is concerned yes no. alhamdulillah there's barakah in your money yes there is a lot in it but at the end of the day when you have to put your family through schooling there is medical that is your responsibility as a husband no. as a father you have to look after them then you start finding the imam now has to start trying to substitute his income right he must do some other work right he must whether he's going to buy and sell a car whether he's going to get involved in some other business mm. which actually then takes away time okay that he could have been spending within that community no. teaching them and upgrading them and, 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 and educating them Subhanallah. instead of him trying to look for alternative income yes now he's got to do that mm -hmm. so what the community is doing is if they do not look after the imam financially right so that he can sustain his family firstly let me before we go any further right that you cannot attach any monetary value to one half of the quran allahu akbar absolutely you cannot attach monetary value mm -hmm. to to a hadith of rasulullah being taught to you by the imam Mm. It is being said in Arabic If you teach me one letter I become your servant And this is You know the, let's, let's put it to you The little Khalifachi <laughs> The little Khalifachi that used to be there mm. In your madrasa's ancient times Go back many years no. He used to have his little room Whether it is whether it was a shack Or whether it was a Wendy house And used to sit there and teach his children mm. Do you know how much respect that man had From the community So now we are in a situation Alhamdulillah I was in, in, in a masjid I used to help teaching there And then the challenge in Salt River started okay. And it's just not, no secret No mm. secret because Salt River at the time was looked upon as a very, very big drug outlet. Okay. A very big drug outlet. And we had a, a great challenge there. Mm. There was myself, there was Imam Abdul Rashid Omar, and, uh, and many others with us, Imam Mujahid Latu, who came after me after at the masjid. We then decided, let us take up the, the anti-drug campaign. Okay. And this is where it started. I mean, seven years before Pagat came onto the scene, no. we, were, we were already doing it, being uh, marching in the streets and being tear gassed in the roads to, to get rid of the drug scourge that was, that was happening, in, that was happening wow. in Salt River. So mm. Alhamdulillah, we managed. We managed to il not eliminate completely, mm. but to reduce whatever there was of scourges within that community Allah at the time. Akbar. Allah so Akbar. Trevor needed a very strong leader at the time, and Alhamdulillah, Allah has granted me the strength so that I, I could carry on with the work and, and be strong, not only for myself, but for the community as well. Subhanallah. When the late Sheikh Abu Bakr Najjar passed away, the, the position opened there, and then uh, applications was there, and I applied for the job. I did not apply just on my own. 
I applied before, after discussing it with my chairperson at the time that was at the masjid, and that was uh, our brother Shahid Jacobs. Mashallah. Our brother Shahid Jacobs was a chairperson. We are very close friends. May Allah grant him shifa, inshallah. Amen, ya and I spoke to him. I said, Look, man, the job is opened up there. What do you think? He said, Sheikh. As your chairperson, we don't want you to go from Salt River. You are the king in Salt River. You walk with your head high. Everybody respects you in Salt River. They love you here. But I am telling you, why don't you take the job up there? And I have my reasons for that. The reason being, go to Muir Street Mosque, go to Zinat al-Islam Masjid, because Zinat al-Islam Masjid is an international masjid. You Uh find international people coming there. And with the grace of the Almighty Allah, I look at you and I see what you can do and how you can hold yourself in terms of the English and Arabic that you speak. When people come to that masjid, they will have a a great impression of Cape Town when they leave Cape Town, especially uh, the Arabic-speaking people. For that reason, broaden your horizon. You're not leaving far away. You're just going from Salt River to to Zirat al-Islam Masjid. Mm. So if people need your help, they can still come to you. And and that is what I did. And people might say, ah, he left to Salt River because he's going to get more money there. (laughs) You know what? It wasn't about the money. It was about 500 (laughs) and more, I think. At the time, and that was 23 years ago. So, 23 years at the Zilat al Islam Masjid. But even even through that, you still no. face your challenges. Yes. Your challenges are there. Salt River, it's like when you are in, in the community, you have a community right around the Masjid. Right. Zilat al Islam Masjid, you don't have a community around the Masjid because of the District 6. Only now, people mm. are coming back. Um, people from Warme State. Woodstock area, some, they come to the masjid, they no. have to get in their cars and drive down. Now we have a community that is building up around Masha the masjid. Allah, but Allah. alhamdulillah, that, that is all part of, of, of the, the, bigger, the bigger picture right. for myself when I took the job at the Zilat al-Islam masjid. Subhanallah. But this is something that people must realize, that do not compromise your principles if you're a leader in the community. Allah. Do not give in to people if they pay you a salary to become their slave. Remember, you are first the servant of Allah Jalla before you the servant of anyone else. Absolutely. You be the servant of Rasulullah Try and do your work on that basis and that principle. Right. And, and yes, when I speak about the salary, mm. the, the, the financial aspect of this particular industry that we are in, is basically a challenge mm-hmm. to a lot of imams, if not most of them. Yes, they they faced with this challenge whereby they cannot sustain their families, mm. they cannot sustain themselves. They have to go here and there. But, you know, if you look at Mitchell's plan, for instance, right? How people used to respect the imam and the khalifa. There, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you find maybe um, I'm teaching the Walker's child, right? That walker will make sure that he will bring you your vegetables and your fruit every week. Subhanallah. And he will drop it at your house without saying a word. You'll find you're teaching the person in the butcher. You're teaching his children. He will make sure that you don't have to go to the butcher. He will make sure that you get your meat. That is how much respect they had for, and I say had, for the learned and those who give education. Subhanallah. If you look at people like the late Sheikh, Sheikh Shakir Khamildin, Rahimahullah. The late Sheikh Najjar in District 6, where District 6 was the built up area, mm-hmm. you would find that even the greatest of criminals or scholars walking around will have respect for that man. Subhanallah. They will not smoke in front of him. And if he's walking with a bag, they say, Can we help you carry it? Ya and nobody Rabbi. will touch him. Those people will have respect for him. And this is the challenge that we are faced with today. We are moving into a different era, a different no. mindset, no. different way of thinking. Yes. People have become rich in themselves, enriching themselves, but they forget about those who have to give their names, mm. who have to bury them, who have to marry them, who have to do everything. When they have a problem, they pick up the phone, we have a problem. Can we sit down with you? They have to do everything for that person. But that person is the one who has the least of respect for the Imam nowadays. Absolutely. And this is the biggest challenge that we are faced. One of the bigger challenges that we are faced with today. Because people think if they pay you a decent salary, Mm. they own you. They don't own you. You can't. You know, Mm. I I spoke to one of my trustees now on Friday outside the masjid because I haven't been too well and I I had guest speakers Every Friday, and he said to me, "You know, Sheikh, you you can't repay 
You can't, we as the no. community or the trustees cannot repay your parents for what they have done for you, what you are doing for the community Subhanallah. today. Look how the man thinks. Mm. That is how he's, he's thinking of what was sacrificed so many years yes. ago. For who? Not for me, but for them, for the community at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm saying there is a lot of challenges, yes, that we are faced with. Yes. And when, when we start going deeper into these challenges, no. we must start looking at it factually yes. and be honest and truthful about it. Subhanallah. And what I find one of the greater challenges for an imam, mm -hmm. whether it is a religious institution, a madrasa, or whether it is a school, or whether it is a house, whether it is a masjid. Naam. A masjid specifically. Yes. I feel, mm. and it is important, and this, I think people must take note of this. Naam. A masjid committee. Yes. They must have knowledge of Islam. Allah Akbar. Absolutely. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear in the Quran. Innama ya'muru masajid Allahi man amana billahi wal yawmil akhri wa aqama salah wa ata zakata wa lam yakhsha illa Allah. Fa'asa ulaika ayyakunu minal mutaleen. Those who involve themselves in the, in the structure of the masjid. Naam. Who are they? They are the ones who truly believe in Allah man amana billah. Naam. Wa akhri. And they believe in accountability. Yes. Yawmil akhri is just not to believe there's going to be a day of judgment. Mm. But yawmil akhri means to believe in accountability. That you are accountable by Allah. Salah, and they are people who are regular in their salah. Not mm. to make salah when they feel like it, when they're holiday, they forget about the salah, but they call themselves trustees of a masjid. Naam. And they are ones who give their zakah. They, they are, in other words, they can take care. There is compassion in their hearts Allah that they take Akbar. care of the poor and needy. Subhanallah. People who do not have compassion within themselves, Naam. people who do not make salah, people who have little consciousness of Allah Naam. should not be on a board of trustees of a masjid. Allah. I say that with all honesty. Yes. And, and I, I am not making reference to any particular masjid. I'm, I'm talking in general right mm. here because this is one of the major problems that our imams are faced with today is the dictation that is coming out from the from some of the from some of the trustees of those mutawallis of a masjid Naam. who do not even understand the alif bata or the suratul fatiha but they want to dictate to the imam how Absolutely. to do their jobs allah i believe Mm. If my tap is leaking, no. I'll call a plumber. Absolutely. And I will pay him. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell him how to do the job, otherwise, I could have done the job myself. Mm. The mihrab and the mimbar no. is sacred. Yes. And that sanctity must always be respected. No. And that is the domain of the Imam. Subhanallah. And the Imam of all people must take the lead in respecting that sanctity. Yes. And those that are sitting there must follow that lead, especially if they are in position of controlling the masjid. A trustee is there to look at the masjid structure, Absolutely. to look at the function that everything is right at the masjid, but not to control and dictate to the imam how he must do his Allahu work. Because Akbar. if you elect an imam, mm. imam must know his shuruts, he must know his ahkam, yes. he must know his sunan, he must know mm. his fara'id, otherwise he doesn't even belong to be an imam as well. Subhanallah. And therefore the same thing when the committee is... Now in my case, yes. I give you in my case, nobody can say because my grandfather was an imam, my father was an imam, I am automatically an imam. It doesn't mm, work like that. Absolutely. I have to learn about imamat. Subhanallah. And therefore it does not become of us in, as Muslims. Mm. Perpetual succession does not become us. Naham. That in, in other words, if my father was an imam, I automatically take the position as imam even if I don't understand imamat. Yes. And I'm going to mislead people. Mm, it doesn't work like that. Absolutely. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. Yes. Guide us Ameen. all on this particular. So Ameen. the challenge that we are facing as imams mm. so that we can do our work for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to do our work sincerely for Allah is to do it with sincerity. Absolutely. With understanding. And mm. to have the backing of the people behind you to mm. say, do your work with comfort, do mm. your work with ease, do your work in the path of Allah. Look, obviously, if you go back from the time of, of the Anbiya alayhim salam, the Sahaba ridwanullahi alayhim ajma'in, up till today, no Imam, no Anbiya mm. has been immune yes. to this particular issue Absolutely. In, in, in terms of challenges. There was always challenges. Yes. Challenges is mentioned to us in the Quran. From, from Nabi Musa to Nabi Yusuf to Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The, the ulil azm, they are all mentioned in the Quran. But 
at the end of the day, if we can make a difference mm-hmm. in the lives of people, Naam. then that is the important aspect to make the difference in their lives. I mean, I took this program, and I'm going to be very honest with you. Naam. When I was phoned, I said, um, Sheikh, would you like to do this program? I hesitated to say yes. And then afterwards, I said, when they phoned me again, I said, okay, fine, I will do the program. Alhamdulillah. And I had one major reason in mind. Naam. And this was the time before I left Salt River. Yes. Before I left Salt River, I always said to the chairperson, to Shahid, my friend, I said, look, inshallah, if anybody else takes over this position here one day, pay him better than what you are paying me. Give him better uh, uh, housing. Give him a telephone. Give him medical aid. Give him a pension fund. Mm-hmm. Give him everything that he deserves so he can do his work properly. Naam. So I paved the way for others. Allahu Akbar. I, and that is why I took this program and I said, I'm coming to speak. Alhamdulillah. Apart from my background, my background, wallahi, is not important. Mm-hmm. My background, my education, my what I'm doing is I don't like speaking about myself. Naam. But if I can today, in five minutes time or ten minutes, make a difference in the lives of our institutions that are being run, especially in Cape Town, no. where our imams are concerned, where youngsters are coming through trying to help the community. If we can make a change or a difference in their lives, then Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Then, we sure, subhanallah. then we have achieved something. That is an achievement itself. Respected listeners, subhanAllah, I would like you to take heed and take cognizance of the wonderful leadership situation that we find ourselves in our very own masajid in the Western Cape in South Africa and internationally. Inshallah, we will continue further with the discussion of leadership in our Imara, uh, the discussion of Imara in our masajid when we come back after paying the pulse. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, respected listeners. Welcome back to our journey this afternoon, born to serve, and our focus being directed towards the Imara, the leadership structures that are found in our masajid and different Islamic Muslim organizations. SubhanAllah. Let us just begin by mentioning, um, you know, or just enhancing the reality. We have an SMS coming from 8183. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Everything you say is so, so true. I don't even want my husband to do imamat anymore because it's such lowly paid and, and unappreciated duty. We, the family, makes lots of sacrifices, not just for monetary gain, but for quality time. I prefer he teaches from home to those that want to learn and we can sell odds and ends for a living. Another SMS coming from 8509. Well said, Sheikh. I used to live in the area and was a musalli of Muir Street Masjid. Keep up the good work. May Allah shower His choicest blessings upon you. Ameen. That coming from 8509. Subhanallah. Sheikh, we're highlighting the plight of our Imams. It is such, such an unfortunate situation. They are firstly undermined and secondly uh, not taken care of. Subhanallah. What advice would you give for our trustees out there, our different, uh, you know, society chair people, executive members? How can they channel their vision towards creating a beneficial pathway in terms of sustenance for our imams? I, I think I have I have briefly touched on uh, a very important aspect no. of of our officials, mutawallis, etc. Yes, that they must educate themselves. Mm-hmm. If you want to be, if you feel you want to get involved in the community and the trust, no. educate yourself with regards to the running and the functioning of a masjid or no. a madrasa, or the, and how the teachers must be looked after. Allah That very teacher that's teaching you your alif bata, no. teaching you to recite the Quran, yes, teaching you the basics of your deen. Then going deeper into your religion, teaching you that aspect. He's teaching you your life, yes. but not just your life on the dunya. He's teaching you how to be successful in the dunya and the akhirah. Allahu Akbar. We pay so much school fees right, for our children to be educated. Yes. Oh, the school fees is now eight grand, ten grand a year, and but we pay it gladly. Naham. All right? For the teachers. Yes. Teachers must be sustained. Our children... But if it comes to the madrasa, mm. you must be satisfied if you're going to get your one rand or five rand or ten rand at the end of the week. Naam. Why? 
Why is our people so reluctant yes. to pay for the Islamic education? A very important point yes. that the lady made earlier on. Mm. And that is one of the other challenges that I was still going to get to. No. And that is the, the family bond that this imam has with his family. No. You know, I, I, I make reference to again the late Sheikh Abu Bakr Najjar. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Mm. I was sitting with him one morning in, um, in his office. No. And he said to me, my boy, don't be like I am today. I said, what's wrong, Sheikh? He says, when I wiped out my eyes and I opened my eyes, I found that my children are all big already. Subhanallah. That is how involved you get mm. in the community, that your own children hardly see you. Naam. They hardly know you. Because you, if it comes the month of Ramadan, yes. you hardly see your children. Mm. And then at the end of the day, if you want to take a few days to spend with your children, then that is also a crime by those committees that are running the masajid. Naam. And yet Rasulullah taught us that حقاً, your family has a right over you. Yes. Now, whether you're an imam, whether you are a CEO of a company, but mm-hmm. and yet, yes, in, in, in the Jum'ah yesterday, I said one of the biggest problems that we are faced with that brings about drug abuse in our communities is that we have the absent father and mother syndrome. Mm. The absent father and mother syndrome means that we are hardly there to see our children grow up and to take care of them inside the homes. Mother works, father works, economic crunch. We have to face uh, the world. We have to buy things for our children. The child is now left with the nanny. The nanny now looks after the child. The nanny must even see that the child goes to madrasa in the afternoons. What education are we, what comfort, what love and compassion are we showing to our children? Parents come home tonight they are all tired people would phone in the middle of the night mm. Sheikh we need your help sure. then you must go Subhanallah. Be- somebody just passed away in the hospital right it is pouring out there with rain mm. you must go and bury them Allah. you must go and bury them mm. now whether you're going to get sick or to get the flu tomorrow or you're going to stand under an umbrella you have to go and bury them Absolutely. that is expected of you mm. somebody phoned me in the middle of the night I said I am not feeling well the person says to me but I thought you have to be 7-11 on duty for us I said I'm La sorry I'm sorry it doesn't work like that I'm also a human being your soul yourself have a right as well no. I have to give the right of myself I have to give the right of my families mm. I have to give the right of my society, my community Absolutely. that I'm serving. And I cannot give those rights and in the same time I'm not going to neglect the rights and responsibilities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet, we used to do it. And that is why I adopted a policy when I moved over to, to the Zenith al-Islam Masjid. You want to see me, you have a problem. Yes, we have to deal with various types of problems. Yes, indeed. You, you have to deal with problems where the husband pulls out a gun on the wife right in front of you. Where they take a gun and put it to your head and say, hey, listen, if you don't rule in my favor, I might just shoot you. This is saying, people who say, put an envelope on your desk and say, listen, this is for you. You know, just make sure that you rule it. The deed is not for sale. Allah and you Akbar. cannot fear anybody, you must fear Allah. Mm. But this is what we have to go through at the end of the day. Mm. At the end of the day, people do not understand what is the type of work that we are doing. Yes, and absolutely. Yet, and yet, we find that we are being treated like, I will say, the scum of the earth at the end of the day. Mm. People don't want to look at you. They say, no, no, he's only an imam. People, listen, my son, you don't become an imam anymore. No? No. You'd, you'd, you'd rather become a doctor or a lawyer or some, something else. But why not? Because look at what, he, what he's earning. Alhamdulillah. There is barakah in what we Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. You know, when, when my, uh, my assistant at, in, in, in Salt River, he also had a big family and he wanted to carry on. And he said to me, Sheikh, you know, I can't live off the, the salary that I'm getting at as your assistant. Can I do something else? I went to the late Sheikh Najjar and I said, Sheikh, what do you think of him? He doesn't want to be my assistant anymore. And the late Sheikh Najjar gave him a long story. He said to him, my boy, they came to fetch me out of the strand. Hmm. And you know what they paid me? They paid me 50 cents and, and at that particular time. But then he says, besides that, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. For all the time that you've been the assistant of Sheikh Murat in Tennyson Street, Masjid in Muhammadiyah Masjid, Naam. did your family ever go without bread? He said, no. He says, now look at the barakah that is in your, in your little money that you're earning. But you can carry on and do what you want to. This was the wisdom of the late Sheikh. Alhamdulillah. But we say again, mm-hmm. in today's 
Everybody, if you walk into a supermarket, you have to pay the same that everybody else is paying. Absolutely. If you're going to, to, to buy something, you, you're going to put in petrol, they're even going to say, ah, okay, the shack is here, you can give him less now, pay, you can pay less for his mm. petrol. No, you must pay the same for your petrol Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. These are things that, that people don't realize. Everything has become expensive. And it is not, it's not just, just about, it is not just about money. Mm. There is so many other challenges that is in our lives that we have to face. Absolutely. But we make dua. We always pray that the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that strength Ameen. to be able to fulfill our duties. Ameen. And that when we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the day of Qiyamah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can ask us and say, did you fulfill your duty towards me? And we can say, yes, Allah, we have tried our best. Ameen, we have tried our best irrespective if we were not treated in the best way, but we had the sabr, we had the patience, and on top of that, we persevered. Subhanallah. We persevered. Allah Alhamdulillah. Allah. Today, if the sheikh drives a nice car, it is not good enough. Mm. He must drive an old jalopy so that he can speak and get stuck along with the road. A car that is full of rust, okay, no, that's good enough for him. La ilaha that, is, that is what they want to see from the sheikh. Mm. They think that is humbleness. Humbleness is not that. Mm. Humbleness is to be satisfied with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. Humbleness but, is to be satisfied <laughs> with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, respected listeners. That is the wise words of Sheikh Muhammad Murad. Inshallah, we will go for a quick ad break and continue straight after. Stay tuned. Welcome back, respected listeners on Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Continuing our discussion with our Honorable Sheikh Muhammad Murad. Uh, in terms of leadership and the, the dynamics around leadership in our masajid and various Muslim organizations, we have a dedication coming from 6945. Sheikh, what you say is so apt. As an educator, I don't even touch your toes. The things that you experience is almost unreal. Another SMS from 0094. What if a leader is 20 years or more at a masjid and have done, well, nothing significant, only lecture and salah. Is this leader only there for the money? Sheikh, you response in terms of this question of oh, leadership. Yes, uh, I would like to respond to the second one first no. because that is what people think yes as the duty of an imam is just to lecture and to make the salah no. I hope that they can spend some time spend some time with the leader mm -hmm. you know there's there's a beautiful story that happened in the time of Rasulullah where the Prophet peace be upon him mentioned a man of the gender a man of the Jannah. Now, why would that man be called a man of the Jannah? Mm. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. Mm. He says, Ya Rasulullah, uh, this is the man of the Jannah. How come? And then he made up a story and he says to the man, he says, my father, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an, we have a bit of a difference. I'm looking for a place to stay. Naam. Why did he do that? He wanted to stay in the company of that man that Rasulullah declared the man of the Jannah. Um. Then this man took him in and he said, come, you may stay with me. And after three days, he said, no, man, I'm going to keep this rather short. Mm -hmm. He says, after three days, I didn't see anything special from this man. Yes. He's not a man that makes salah the whole night. He's not no. a man that read the Quran the whole day. No. But what makes him a man of the Jannah? No. So he asked him, he says, what makes you the man of the Jannah? Why did Rasulullah declare you a man? He says, my son, Abdullah. I could sleep at night and I have no malice in my heart, no hatred for anybody. My heart is clean before I close my eyes at night. Allah no grudge. Akbar. No. Why? But he, Abdullah ibn Umar's example was hmm. to accompany this man to see why is he a man of the Jannah. Hmm. And I think people have a perception yeah. of an Imam. Yes. That, that is his duty. He makes salah and he just does the Jummah. They forget that there is classes that they run and in that classes research goes in. Yes. If you think of a Jumu'ah, if you think that I am a person, and I speak on behalf of myself here, that I am a person that will just go and stand in front of a congregation of a thousand, a thousand and a half strong and go and lecture out and suck things out of my thumb, they are very, and I earlier on said, mm -hmm. I earlier said I am still a scholar and I'm still learning. No. I do my research every single week. So if anybody comes to me after Jumu'ah and says, Sheikh, you said that, where is the reference to that? You recited that. Where is the reference to that? I can gladly give it to them no. simply because I do my homework. Now, if you take a professor mm -hmm. that is teaching at a university, yes. do you think they pay him to come and lecture? They don't mm -hmm. pay him to come and lecture. They pay him for his time to drive there. They pay him for his time and effort that he does his research. Yes. And this is things that people do not consider. Mm -hmm. They want to throw around things like you make salah and you make a jumuah. 
But what goes into that Jummah? What goes into your preparation for that Jummah? Naam. What goes into your preparation for the other work, the other lectures that you give there, the classes that you hold, the whole biography of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? I've done the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa taala, Naam. all in detail. I wonder how much research went into that. How much of my time mm. and of my family's time that went into that. And Absolutely. I speak on behalf of myself. Definitely. And the second one was? The second one was with regards to an educator. The experiences you go through is unreal. Oh, yes. I think I think it is It is by time that, that everybody educates themselves mm-hmm. and the community assists. You have educators and you can help one another in educating one another and helping one another to get and I think that's the key to educating yourself Naam. and this even goes to my colleagues yes. for those who stand in front as imams who Naam. lecture to always research the topics and to stand there in front of the community know what you are talking about don't talk just basically on hearsay but also understand what you are saying so if anybody questions you Naam. then you know it comes from a source of knowledge and understanding that you have been standing in front of a community and I am before you before we close off I know I think I might have a minute or two Naam. I want to say to everybody you know please eat a date tomorrow Mm. At least you can say on Valentine's Day you ate a date. Allah <laughs> ah, Subhanallah. We have put a smile in all smiles. Eat a date on Valentine's. Subhanallah. Um, I always love red velvet on Valentine's. So create your red velvet moments with your marital spouse. May Allah put barakah in that. Quickly, inshallah, towards the end, let us quickly run through um, some of the other SMSs that have been streaming in. Um, some that come from 7309. Assalamu Just switched on the radio now. We have with us Sheikh Muhammad. Murad of Demur Street Masjid. The Sheikh is spot on. Shukran for inspiring talks. May we all benefit from such talks. That comes from 7309. Another SMS that comes from 0477. MashaAllah, Sheikh. Beautiful topic. Being a wife of an Imam, we can relate. My husband is a Sheikh at a Masjid for eight years now, and for eight years he's working for the same salary. But wallahi, not one night we spent we or we went to go sleep hungry. Being a couple that has six children, may Allah make us stronger, insha'Allah. Again from 0477, masha'Allah, ahsanta, Sheikh is speaking the truth. People don't value our ulama because of our ulama that our Muslims, there are Muslims in South Africa, although um, it's much better equipped uh, and they are much better equipped in Islam. Another SMS, subhanAllah, all of them streaming inside 5124. Uh, Salam, I say shukran for Sheikh Maulana Imams and Radio Voice of the Cape. Alhamdulillah, through the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am able to read and recognize hurufs at an age of 54 by the means of our learned learners, subhanAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy and grant all leaders and their families the best in this Amen. life, subhanAllah. And the last one coming from um, uh, 8363, I think just more of um, a comment rather. Salam Sheikh, who is in control of the member and the hereafter? A very valid reflective point. Who is control of the member and the hereafter? Obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dedicated our imams to lead the member and obviously remind our congregation of their creator, Jalla wa'ala, respected listeners. SubhanAllah, an eventful, wonderful discussion we've had this afternoon with our honorable Sheikh Muhammad Murad from the Muir Street Zinatul Islam Masjid. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him complete shifa, kamila, ajila, daima, mustamirra from Ameen. all forms of ailments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you many, many more decades of service towards Ameen. this community, Inshallah. the community of the Western Cape. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you a long life filled with afiyah with bliss siha insha'Allah respected listeners subhanallah I think um, we've enjoyed really much this discussion and I think on board to serve we still have much more to discuss on this topic of leadership in our masajid and Muslim organizations. From myself, Muhammad Sheikh, our respected um, uh, producer, Sister Yasmina Peterson, and our technician, the main man in this afternoon, Buta Ismail Philander. We bid you farewell. Keep safe, keep steadfast on deen, keep us all in your du'as. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.